0: I'm on the phone today with David Moore from IRA Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about self-directed IRAs, but how do you explain them to your customers?
1: Well, Lars, through our working careers, we accumulate savings in our 401k plans. So rather than just rolling those funds over when you leave your job, you may want to think about setting up a truly self-directed IRA. With a self-directed IRA, your retirement portfolio can include real estate, precious metals, cryptocurrency, notes, loans, and even a new business startup.
0: So with a self-directed IRA, you're not limited to equities like stocks and bonds?
1: Exactly. There are so many more options that you can consider for your retirement portfolio.
2: Would you like to learn more about self-directed IRAs? Then go to iraadvantage.com, view the videos, and then let the self-directed IRA professionals at IRA Advantage set up a self-directed IRA for you. Your retirement, your way. Visit the professionals today at iraadvantage.com. News 101. Quiet, please,
0: ladies and gentlemen. You ready for the big show? In exactly 15
3: seconds, we'll be on the air. Lars. This is the Lars Larson Show.
4: Never apologize.
3: Honestly provocative talk with Lars Larson. I may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. Broadcasting across the Pacific Northwest and covering Oregon, Washington, and Idaho on the Radio Northwest Network. Our beloved the public is in the hands of madmen. And now
5: then we're going kick the Biden crime family out of the White
3: House. Here's your host. My memory is so bad I let you speak.
0: Lars Larson. Welcome back to the Lars Larson Show. It's a Monday and it's the Radio Northwest Network and I want to tell you about the do- drug plan fraud that Oregon lawmakers and as you know the Democrats are in super majority uh, in the House and Senate. Uh, well actually super majority in one regular majority in the other one. The Democrats are running the show. And they plan to run a scam on citizens you would not believe. And ordinarily, I don't spend a lot of time on Democrat scams, except this one involves the death of thousands and thousands of people. And I'm not exaggerating that number. I'll explain why. But the Oregon Democrat lawmakers plan to run a scam on us in the few days remaining in the current state legislative session. And there is not another legislative session until next year which means the dying is going to continue. But let me tell you how it goes. First, welcome to the Lars Larson Show. And welcome to the Radio Northwest Network. 24 years of serving the Pacific Northwest states of Oregon, Washington, and Idaho with honestly provocative talk. And if you want to join the conversation, you're always welcome at 866-HEY-LARS. And if you're a naysayer, well, we'll put you right to the head of the line I might even get some naysayers who think this craziness in Salem actually makes sense any more than people think that what's going on in Olympia right now makes sense. But we'll get to that a bit later. But here's what's going on. The Oregon Democrats are frantic to try to provide the the citizenry of some kind of answer. And why are they frantic? They know that citizens want a fix for the fentanyl drug disaster that is currently killing, and these are the real numbers, three people on average every single day in the state of Oregon. About six people are dying every single day in the state of Washington, and Olympia isn't doing much more than Salem is doing right now. They are happy to let people keep on dying as long as the campaign money keeps coming. And I'll explain that connection as well. Fentanyl deaths nationwide have doubled in the last three years fentanyl deaths in oregon have gone up 15 times in the same three years so if anybody tries to tell you oh oregon's just getting a piece of this nationwide problem that is not true if it were true if fentanyl deaths were up 15 fold nationwide you can better believe they'd be doing something about it but it's doubled nationwide it has gone up 15 fold in the last three years in oregon ever since the passage of Measure 110. Now, if you say, but Lars, the people approved Measure 110. Yes, they did, by 58%. And we know how it happened. It was funded by the Drug Policy Alliance. And if you say, well, is that an Oregon group? No, it's actually based on the East Coast. And who puts all the money in the Drug Policy Alliance? That would be George Soros, the crazy billionaire who's trying to do things that are going to wreck this country. And what are the Democrats also getting? A lot of the Democrats in Oregon are getting big campaign donations, not only from the Drug Policy Alliance, backed by George Soros, but from other liberal groups who want the Measure 110 experiment on Oregon to continue. Now, what do the polls show about what citizens want? 64% of voters tell the pollsters right now, they want the law that was passed by 58% of them just a couple of years ago. They want that law repealed. Do the Democrats in Salem plan to repeal it? No. And if you say, well, hold on, it's going to save lives to go back to the old system. Repeal Measure 110. You go back to a system where if you're caught with drugs, you may end up facing a felony. But you'll be told If you decide to take treatment, we'll let you avoid the felony. You'll avoid jail time. You can go into treatment, stick with it for a year. You avoid the felony. That system worked for literally decades in the Pacific Northwest. Is the current system working? No. Because up through September of last year, the 12 months preceding September of last year, more than 1,200 fentanyl overdose deaths. And that doesn't begin to count the number of people, including children, kids and their teens, who were overdosed, but they managed to somehow save their lives. They got them Narcan in time or whatever they did. And maybe those kids beat the habit altogether. But here's the problem. The Democrats know they'll save lives, but here's what they have to give up. They will lose big bucks that they currently get from the George Soros Drug Policy Alliance and other allied political groups if they repeal Measure 110. So they cooked up this sleazy deal. They even wrote up a press release, I have a copy of it, that they had planned to send out last Friday night. Only they couldn't get enough Republicans to cave in and vote for it. And let me tell you something. If Republicans in the state legislature go soft and squishy and they vote for this garbage, they are to be blamed for the deaths that are going to happen as a result of it. Because they're going to try to buy the Republicans off. Their fix, and I want to make it plain to you because the Daily Dead fish wrapper, I think, is not making it plain. TV news is not making it plain either. No felony, no jail, no fines, no consequences That means no real incentive for the addicts to get into treatment. Now, if some naysayer wants to tell me why, well, Lars, they'll just uh, call up and get treatment. They have that opportunity right now. They even, they did this. They have attempted to bribe the district attorneys. They have a bill, and the bill is a bribe to district attorneys elected by voters around the state. And how does that bribe work? it would make changes to the public employee retirement system that would allow all DAs to retire at age 50. So you could go to work as an elected DA at, say, 30, retire at 50, and they want to up the pension. This is what's in a bill before the legislature right now. It comes, it, it really amounts to a gigantic bribe to the DAs because they want the DAs to stay quiet. They can't afford to have a bunch of district attorneys running around saying this solution to the problem is not going to solve the problem. So. They say, how would you like to retire at 50 instead of waiting to the usual age? How would you like to retire on the same kind of pension that we now pay to firefighters and cops? And why do firefighters and cops get a generous pension? Uh, Because if you're a firefighter, you're facing real danger every time you deal with drug addicts, every time you deal with a fire, every time you go into a burning building. Why do we give a more generous pension to cops? Because they get shot at. They end up in wrestling matches and getting beat up by criminals. That's not a good thing. We let those people retire early. There's more wear and tear on somebody if they're a firefighter or a cop. And now they want to let the DAs do that? Folks who show up in a nice air-conditioned office every day and sit and push paper most of the day? I don't think so. But the Democrats, they know this isn't going to fix the problem, so they got to bribe people into supporting it. They hope that voters... People like you are dumb enough to think this is a fix. And proof of their inevitable failure, it's not going to be clear for at least a couple of years. Or maybe uh put it this way, a few thousand deaths from now. But next year, there's a regular session. They won't address it then. That pushes it into the future, which means all they're trying to do is kick the can down the road. And when they do it, they may be kicking the lives of people you love down the road as well. It's a Monday. It's the Radio Northwest Network, and you've got the Lars Larson Show. If you want to jump in, if you're a naysayer, we'll put you first at 866-HEY-LARS. That's 866-439-5277. You're listening to the Radio Northwest Network. Well, the t- I'm on the phone today with David Moore from IRA Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about self-directed IRAs. But how do you explain them to your customers?
1: Well, Lars, through our working careers, we accumulate savings in our 401k flats. So rather than just rolling those funds over when you leave your job, you may want to think about setting up a truly self-directed IRA. With a self-directed IRA, your retirement portfolio can include real estate, precious metals, cryptocurrency, notes, loans, and even a new business startup.
0: So with a self-directed IRA, you're not limited to equities like stocks and bonds?
1: Exactly. There are so many more options that you can consider for your retirement portfolio.
2: Would you like to learn more about self-directed IRAs? Then go to iraadvantage.com, view the videos, and then let the self-directed IRA professionals at IRA Advantage set up a self-directed IRA for you. Your retirement, your way. Visit the professionals today at IRAadvantage.com.
3: Another strong take from President Biden on AI and the weather. Helping web tech, the web, web telescope. My God, what is this? This is The Lars Larson Show. That makes a lot of sense, a lot of nonsense. Right, you're bloody well right, you know you gotta write. This is the Northwest Nonsense. How much longer do we have to sit for this
4: nonsense?
3: That great moment every day where Lars brings you the cold, hard facts without any liberal wokeness from the daily dead, fish rapper, or mainstream media bias.
0: See, I'd be the first to admit that lying and politics, I mean, they go together like crazy. But Oregon Catalyst is now pointing out literally six times in just the last one-week period that northwest politicians have lied and then hidden things from the citizens for example city commissioner carmen rubio of portlandia who knew about a more than half billion dollars tax surplus that came from the so-called clean energy tax but she hid that information for two months and now she has plans to try to spend all that money and much of it on projects that are not energy projects at all like just plain old city hall expenses in other words They pass a tax on the lie that it's only going to bring in a small amount of money. And then when it brings in a big amount of money, they keep that secret and they make plans on how they're going to spend all that extra money that they told the voters they were never going to collect. Portland Public Schools. They've only been in their $80 million headquarters for less than 50 years. Now, I know a lot of private sector companies. They'd be happy to have a building that was only 50 years old. And I realize when a private sector company like Nike, let's say, decides to build a big, fancy world campus, it's their money. They can do what they want with it. But if you notice that government agencies have a tendency to say, "Ah, this building's 30 years old. I mean, we got to get a new one because they know somebody else is paying the tab. They have been in that building now for 46 years. It is worth about $80 million. So what did they decide to do with it? They've already decided very quickly to sell it to a politically friendly nonprofit. As John Charles of Cascade Policy reports, they're not going to sell this valuable piece of land to the highest bidder to pay exploding education costs. They have a deal to give it to a nonprofit for a fee, and they're not telling the public how much money they're going to get for it, which makes me suspect they're not going to get very much. But they'll be popular politically with the Albina Vision Trust. The Oregon Health Authority hid a beer tax study because it came to conclusions that OHA did not like. They wanted a study that would prove if you raise taxes on beer that we can get people to stop their problem drinking. The study came back and said, no, that's not what higher beer taxes would do. So what do the OHA do? They hid the study from the public. And then when OregonLive.com began asking questions about it, they lied about it. And they said, oh, no, we haven't told anybody about it. Turns out OHA had told a number of people about it. They just decided not to tell the public. And the new amendment to Oregon campaign finance laws. This is before the legislature. And the night before the public hearing, they drop a 43-page amendment. Now, let me give you a picture of this. You've got this amendment, you have to read through it to have an idea of what's in it, what's not in it, so the public can comment. And they dropped the amendment the night before the hearing. They only released it to the public the day before. And Oregon Health Authority, which runs a literally multi-million dollar drug helpline to help the addicts get off the streets and into treatment. The uh, last contract they signed, I think, was $2.8 million to run this telephone hotline. But they hid the number of people who had actually called for help. Turns out when they finally admitted it, only 30 people had called for help, which means each of those calls cost about $100,000. OHA also refused to say how many of the 30 people actually got some drug help, actually went into treatment. They say we're not going to tell the public about that because they know they'd have egg on their face if they did. When they're hiding information, they know citizens would not like it. That's the conclusion I draw. So they just keep it under wraps. Now, if you want to join the best conversation in talk journalism, it's right here at eight six six Hey Lars. That's eight six six four three nine five two seven seven. Naysayers go to the head of the line, send emails to talk at LarsLarson.com. And by the way, we put up a brand new question on X every day, it used to be called Twitter. Should business owners be punished for hiring security when Portland can't keep their stores safe? A 7-Eleven store that's owned by a single individual has allowed a man, he allowed the man, to store loaded gun behind the counter while getting paid off the books to provide security when he was not qualified for a security job. While well, he was involved in a fatal shooting about two years ago. And now the family of Jason Kin's father, who was killed at the store in November of 2022, has filed a wrongful death and negligence suit against the store's owner. Now, that's 7-Eleven. The uh, alleged gunman who was the stand-in security at the store, Stevie Raven Moore, has pleaded not guilty to second-degree murder. So he's not convicted of any crime yet unlawful use of the weapon and being a felony in possession of a firearm in Multnomah County. All of a sudden, they take the firearms laws seriously. But what do you expect private stores to do? If those stores are being hit by criminals and the police will not act and government will not act, Should business owners be punished for hiring security, even off-the-book security, when Portland or any other city in the Northwest can't keep their stores safe? The Poll on X is brought to you by Ultimate Truck Services. If you rely on trucks for business, Ultimate keeps your biggest assets on the road and running right. Find them at ultimatetruckservice.com. Now, our question of the day comes in from Mel Locke in Skamania, Washington. Lars, in both Oregon and Washington, I I will tell you, I've had a lot of email from folks who want to know why the outside of their ballot envelope displays their name and their political party information. And he wrote to me and said, Lars, don't you think it's odd the outside white letter shows which party to vote for, Democrat or Republican? Doesn't seem to be secret at all. Pictures provided, and he did. And now today's Daily Grill. Insane. Ridiculous! They get more and more
3: ridiculous. Flat out dumb.
6: You're even dumber than I
3: thought. Who deserves today's Lars
0: Grill of the Day? Maybe
2: they're just really, really stupid.
0: Find out right now. I'm going to blame Joe Biden for the death of a 22-year-old lady by the name of Lakin Riley. She was at the University of Georgia. She was studying nursing. And she was killed. And she was killed. The man who is now accused in her murder is an illegal alien. So let me quote Donald Trump on that. Crooked Joe Biden's border invasion is destroying our country and killing our citizens. The horrible murder of 22-year-old Lakin Riley at University of Georgia never should have happened. The monster who allegedly took her life illegally entered America in 2022, was released to the border. Then he was arrested again in New York City after injuring a child and released again. As Trump says, when I'm your president, we'll immediately seal the border, stop the invasion, and on day one, we'll begin the largest deportation of illegal criminals in American history. May God bless Lakin and Riley and her family. Our prayers are with you. And our best email so far comes from Susan Gilbert. Lars, I just opened my ballot for the upcoming primary election in Washington State. I'm outraged to see my full legal name and my choice of Democrat or Republican box to check on the back of the return envelope is a requirement to have my vote counted. I've voted in every election since 1960. Uh, partisan politics aside, I never want my full legal name and choice of party available to the general public. The right to vote is sacred. Its confidentiality is the right of every citizen in our country. Signed, Susan. Susan, thank you very much. Send those emails to talk at LarsLarson.com. And if you want to join the best conversation in talk journalism, it's right here at 866 A lars Coming up. An outright ban on all forms of income taxes in Washington? That's the new. Lars Larson Show.
3: The upcoming American elections promise some provocative politics, but be forewarned, the green agenda may lead to some extreme rhetoric.
7: Die, get pepper.
3: So prepare yourself by listening to The Lars Larson Show.
0: Welcome back to the program, and welcome back to the Radio Northwest Network. It's a pleasure to be with you on a Monday. If you want to vote in our poll on X, used to be called Twitter, at Lars Larson shows the location. You want to email talk at LarsLarson.com. Dialing into the program, 866-HEY-LARS, and naysayers, of course, always go first. And we're always glad to welcome back to the program Washington State Senator John Braun, who's on with us right now. Senator, welcome back. Thanks for
7: having me on, Lars.
0: I thought it was already fairly clear in the Constitution that, for the most part, Washington State could not have income taxes in any form unless they wanted to have, a I I guess, a 1% tax that applied to everybody at every income level. Did I misunderstand the Washington Constitution?
8: No, I think you're uh, exactly reflecting the plain reading of our state Constitution. But that doesn't start, stop Democrats from trying to find new ways to implement an in- income tax Nearly every year when we're in when we're in session,
0: and in fact, that's exactly what they've done with the new capital gains tax, which they claim is not an income tax somehow. Uh, but and they managed to get the Washington State Supreme Court to sign off on it. And now there's something that the legislature could actually do about it. Initiative to the legislature twenty one eleven, right?
8: That's right. It's going to be up for a hearing uh, after a lot of pushing by Republicans and, frankly, from by people all over the state. Uh, the Democratic majorities have agreed to have a hearing on three of the initiatives. The first one, twenty-one eleven, will be up tomorrow at twelve thirty. So, if
0: people show up in Olympia, what's their chance of like of, of being able to actually testify, or is it more show up and just you know wave the flag?
8: Yeah, I think um, we're going to have public testimony, but I, I they're only allowing an hour, which is very disappointing. An hour. We, we have been able to participate oh. in, in putting together pa- panels, and frankly. I think the most important thing is for folks to sign in, whether they want to testify or not, just sign in in support of it. We have you know, thousands of people now signed in in support, some wanting to testify, but many just wanting to voice their support. And that means a lot, frankly. And you know, over 90 percent of the folks are saying, we support this. Uh, we want it to go forward.
0: Well, tell me, this, Senator Braun, do you hear from very many people at all who say, no, no, this capital gains tax is a great idea and it's not really an income tax? Have, have you had any Any constituent uh, tell you that?
8: Not a single one. Uh, Nobody is interested in this. I mean, and that's true, of course, for Republicans, but really it's not really a partisan thing. I mean, we've never had an income tax, whether it's a capital gains income tax or any other kind of income tax in our state. It's cultural. We do not want an income tax, including a capital gains income tax, and that will be dealt with on another initiative. But for right now, for tomorrow, we're going to say, look, it's now the law. Uh, in addition to our constitution, which, uh, we can't have an income tax at both the state or at the local level.
0: Now, if you pass, I mean, if this passes, is is this going to be one of those where the voters vote for an initiative? Well, because eventually, if the legislature has a hearing, and I don't imagine the Democrats are going to say, "Okay, we'll adopt 2111," so then it goes to the ballot. Um, do you see any likelihood? that voters are going to say, no, no, we love the capital gains tax and they'll keep it? What's your read?
8: No, I, I don't think so. Um, so, uh, yeah, so on twenty one eleven, I actually think there's some chance we get a vote. Um, we're still pushing pretty hard. And because it, it, this one doesn't undo the capital gains income tax by itself, it just prevents new ones, I think they're, they're, we may get a vote. The capital gains uh, income tax repeal initiative, I know there's no chance that it gets a vote in the legislature. I don't think we're pushing, but I don't think so. Uh, but I think there's a very high chance that people in the state of Washington say, no, uh, we don't want that. And and they recognize it doesn't affect many people, but they also recognize the things only been in place for a year. We've already had bills dropped that would increase the rate, lower the threshold. And one thing a lot of people don't realize is right now it doesn't include the sale of property. That's a very simple statutory change when they when they see they need a little bit more money they can make the supply to virtually everybody in the state in a very quick way
0: yeah which means that and and you know who that would land on most senator correct me if i'm wrong but if they say to to match it right now assuming they don't reduce the threshold from a quarter million and you say well how many people sell a bunch of stock and make a quarter million well bezos did and he left the state but but for most people they don't have to worry about that However, if you're talking to people listening to this show who bought their house 30 or 40 years ago and they bought it for, you know, not a lot, 30 or 40 years ago, and they could sell it today for a million bucks or a million and a half, because that, that wouldn't be atypical for somebody, you know, a house that you bought that was a decent house 40 years ago that you might have paid 20 or 30 grand for, if it's, it's likely to be worth more than a quarter of a million dollars more, even that threshold would tag those people if they included real estate sales, wouldn't it?
8: That's right. That's right. You add real estate to this, it affects almost everybody in the state. Look, our our median home price now I think is six hundred thousand dollars. Yep. Uh, it wouldn't even have to lower the threshold; it'll affect affect all, almost everyone. And here's the thing: the capital gains income tax is very volatile. Uh, we've already seen, a, you know, a couple very wealthy individuals. You mentioned Jeff Bezos leave the state and take hundreds of millions of uh, of projected revenue with them as they move to either, you know, Texas or Florida or, or wherever. Uh, that's going to happen more. And when the revenues go down, the Democratic majority is going to come and say, hey, we've got to make that up. And the way they make that up is making it apply to more people. Easiest way to do that is to make it apply to real estate. If we don't reject this this year, I see real estate being up for a vote in the very near future. Well,
0: I take it you're going to be t- you're going to be testifying at this thing, aren't you?
8: Well, I'll I'll be one of the panelists. They're actually doing it as a joint hearing oh, uh, with the okay. Senate and the House together. So it'll be Ways and Means and the House Finance Committee. So they'll have us there. So we won't we won't really get a chance to testify. We'll have a chance to ask questions from the from the different panels. So, so I think I think it'll be. I mean, it's, it's not as long as I would like it to be, but I do think there'll be good testimony. I know that the turnout we have has been strongly strongly in its support of this initiative that would would prohibit an income tax here in the state of washington well
0: if you don't mind me making the suggestion senator if if you can remind your democrat colleagues who may not remember uh... or have read the history that the U.S. income tax started the same way. It only applied to very, very rich people, and it had a giant carve-out for virtually the entire population, except for the very rich. And today, the U.S. income tax applies to people who make minimum wage in some cases. So... You know, that's how they started the tax. They start with just the rich and say, don't worry about it. It doesn't really apply to you. You won't be paying it. But now the U.S. income tax is entirely different. And it's the same way they got the camel's nose under the tent in the case of the
8: income tax. Uh, That's right. That's a great suggestion. I'm happy to do that.
0: Well, because, because, I, I, look, am I affected by this personally? No, I'm not. I'm not a Jeff Bezos. I don't have that kind of money. I don't have those kind of investments. But one of these days, if you, you're already taxed on the sale of your house right now in Washington state. Not just capital gains federal, but there's that, that other little fee that you have to pay when you sell a house. Um, and now they want to jack that up. This is going to strike right at people, especially even people of moderate means, are going to find themselves getting tagged when they decide we're not making enough money and the fact that they screwed up so badly and overestimated revenue from this thing by $150 million tells you that the folks behind this capital gains uh, tax, this excise tax, as they call it, didn't know what they were doing. And they apparently still don't know what they're doing. They screwed up the state budget by $150 million. Senator Braun, keep up the good fight. Tomorrow? They're holding it on the lunch hour, if that tells you anything. They're only allowing 60 minutes for something of this magnitude from 1230 to 130 in hearing room A. In the John O'Brien building on the Capitol campus in Olympia. And if you need those details, shoot me an email. Senator Braun, thanks very much. I appreciate the time. Back in just a moment. I'll get to your phone calls and emails coming up. And guess what? They got a brand new study on wildfires. And they say, gosh, those wildfires, they put out some chemicals. We'll talk about that and get to your phone calls and emails. It's a Monday. It's the Lars Larson show. And you're listening to the Radio Northwest Network. With me on the phone today is David Moore with Equity Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about 1031 exchanges. But how do you explain it to customers?
1: Well, Lars, 1031 exchanges are over 100 years old at this point. They allow people to exchange out of one property into another, keeping their equity intact. For example, let's say you're in an apartment building and you'd like a larger one. You can sell the property, pay the tax, or you can do an exchange deferring all the capital gains tax. Is it complicated? It can be complicated, but the exchange can be as simple as selling one property and buying another using the professionals at Equity Advantage.
2: Would you like to learn more about 1031 exchanges? Then go to 1031exchange.com, view the videos, and then let the 1031 exchange professionals at Equity Advantage show you how it can work for you. You've worked hard for your money. Let Equity Advantage work hard to keep it yours. Visit Uh, 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 uh. 1031exchange.com.
3: Constantine Kissin on Hamas. For years now, many of us have been warning that the barbarians are at the gates. We were wrong. They're inside. There are positives as well. I mean say what you want about Hamas supporters. At least they know what a woman is. This is the Lars Larson Show. Welcome
0: back to the program. It's a pleasure to be with you on a Monday. If you want to jump in, it's 866, hey Lars. And I gotta tell you this. Uh we've been talking about the legislature, both Oregon and Washington. And there's crazy stuff going on there. And I always feel it's my duty to tell you about this stuff. So at least you have the opportunity to make some phone calls, maybe send an email or two, uh, go on social media and post. But I want you to consider a couple of different developments that also relate, in this case, to the Washington legislature. Washington state Democrats want to grant professional licenses to illegal aliens now, I want you to think about the implications of this. Number one, no, it's not a license to be an illegal alien. It is simply giving professional licenses to illegal aliens. Depending on what you do for a living, you understand that we have gone far too far with licensing of professionals. I mean, it used to be that there were a few professions that required a license. Uh, you had to have a license to be a doctor. You had to have a nursing license, uh, maybe a license to be a professional engineer uh, in both Oregon and Washington. You've got to have some kind of state licensure when it comes to architects. But most of the states, including Oregon and Washington, have gone absolutely nuts with licensing. For instance, to be able to cut hair, to be a cosmetologist or a beautician, whatever term you want to use, you've got to have a state license. What about putting on makeup? That also requires a state license. How about nails? Well, that requires a license as well. And all of a sudden, we have millions of illegal aliens in America, and a certain number of them are undoubtedly living in the Pacific Northwest. You don't see them as visibly in Seattle or Portland or Eugene or Tri-Cities, but they are there. And now there's a bill before the legislature, introduced, of course, by our friends from the Party of Slavery, um, and what they want to do is they want to stop state agencies from holding back professional certification just because somebody is in the country illegally. Now, you understand, just understand the implications of this. If you're in the United States legally, you are a citizen or you're a green card holder, and that's somebody who's come in legally, and if they keep their nose clean for five years, take the test, they can become a U.S. citizen. They are allowed to work everybody else is not allowed to work you have to have a work permit so what do the democrats want to do shb 1889 passed the house of representatives earlier this month it is now in the united or in the uh, washington state senate in Olympia, if passed, the bill allows applicants for professional licenses and permits to provide a taxpayer ID number in place of a Social Security number. Now, I want to explain to you what that means as well. There is something called an ITIN. An ITIN is it's an acronym for Individual Taxpayer ID Number. Now, who has ITINs? Illegal aliens and some legal aliens as well. If you were a foreign national who came to visit Washington State, and you said, well, while I'm there, I am gonna, I might do some business. I might buy a house. I might be involved in some kind of work for a company in Washington State. If you've come in legally, no problem. Well, how do you report your income? You do it through an ITIN. You know who's not allowed to have ITINs? Two classes of people, citizens and green card holders. Now, in the law, it actually says... If you're a citizen of the United States, you can't have an ITIN. You are to use your social security number for all those things you'd expect. Getting a bank account, taking out a home loan, any of those things involving money, you use your social security number. The only people who have ITINs for the most part in this country are illegal aliens. As I said, there are a few foreign nationals who've come into the United States legally I mean, let's say you're a rich guy from Saudi Arabia and you show up in Seattle and you get off the airplane and say, this is a really nice place. I might want to buy, say, a vacation place that I could bring my family to. Well, when you do it, you don't have a social security number. You could use an ITIN in that case. The vast majority of people who come here as tourists or even those. I, I would imagine that those who come here under some kind of work visa working for, say, Microsoft or Intel or one of the other tech companies, If they're going to be here for a while and earning a salary and they've come in legally, they're going to be issued some kind of number so that they can um, file their taxes. Because if you earn income in the United States, you're required to pay taxes on it. But other than that, the only people, and there are millions of them issued in America, the only folks, for the most part, who have ITINs are illegal aliens. So, the Democrats have a bill, SHB 1889, that says... Illegal aliens can get professional licenses. A state, and here's the way they explain it, a state agency or regulatory authority shall not deny an application for a professional license, a commercial license, a certificate, a permit or registration solely based on somebody's immigration or citizenship. If the person meets all the other qualifications, the measure also removes the Social Security number requirement for several occupations like bail bond agent, optometrist, and what they call money transmitter. Now, I don't know what a money transmitter is, I suspect it has something to do with, say, a Western Union operation or in any other way to move money here and there. And you understand that a lot of what the illegal aliens do when they're in the United States, they make massive paychecks here compared to what they would make back at home in guatemala honduras or el salvador and they want to send money back there what could possibly go wrong allowing people who are illegally in the country because the democrats want to give them professional licenses back in a moment glad to have you with me it's the radio northwest network and the lars larson show the Lars Larson Show. With me on the phone today is David Moore with Equity Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about 1031 exchanges. But how do you explain it to customers?
1: Well, Lars, 1031 exchanges are over 100 years old at this point. They allow people to exchange out of one property into another, keeping their equity intact. For example, let's say you're in an apartment building and you'd like a larger one. You can sell the property, pay the tax, or you can do an exchange deferring all capital gains tax. Is it complicated? It can be complicated, but the exchange can be as simple as selling one property and buying another using the professionals at Equity Advantage.
2: Would you like to learn more about 1031 exchanges? Then go to 1031exchange.com, view the videos, and then let the 1031 exchange professionals at Equity Advantage show you how it can work for you. You've worked hard for your money. Let Equity Advantage work hard to keep it yours. Visit 1031Exchange.com. Quiet
3: please, ladies and gentlemen. You ready for the big show? In exactly 15 seconds, we'll be on, on the air. Right. Larson. Larson. This is the Lars Larson Show.
4: Never apologize for being pretty- Run.
3: Honestly, provocative talk with Lars Larson. i may be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. Broadcasting across the Pacific Northwest and covering Oregon, Washington, and Idaho on the Radio Northwest Network. Our beloved, the public is in the hands of madmen. And now... Then we're going to kick the Biden crime family out of the White House. Here's your host... My memory is so bad, I let you speak. Lars Larson.
0: Welcome back to Lars Larson Show. It's a pleasure to be with you on a Monday and live on the... The radio northwest network you know i've got a concern actually it's a concern that i would really call call a fear i've got a fear that the oregon legislature is going to try to pull the wool over people's eyes and say why we have a fentanyl disaster yes we do we've seen a gigantic increase in fentanyl overdose deaths in oregon so we're going to do something about it and then they will pass a bill And they'll point to the bill and say, you see, we have recriminalized this drug, and that should solve the problem. Now, the fact that it's not going to solve the problem is going to lead to several thousand deaths over just the next two years, which might be the next time that the Oregon legislature could actually take up the matter again and say that didn't work. And, of course, they're going to say, well, you have to give it time to work And that's going to be their excuse. So they're buying time by passing something that has the appearance of addressing the problem when, in fact, it doesn't. Now, I don't expect you to take my word for that. So I invited my friend, former DA Josh Marquis, to join me to talk about this bill. And, Josh, as you and I both know... The Democrats had planned to have this a done deal on Friday night. They had already drafted a press release. They even had a space to plug in whatever comment they got from a rhino Republican saying, we're going to back this thing uh, to make this a some kind of misdemeanor that is so low that it doesn't currently exist Mm -hmm. to create a brand new thing called uh, not uh, not diversion. People know about diversion as the thing you can do on the first time DUI if nobody got hurt deflection is something that's brand new and not even defined in the law but i want you to address this because i don't expect my audience just to believe me when i say they're going to pass a bill it will technically make fentanyl a crime and it will not solve the problem so where should we start Well, you're absolutely right. We don't agree on everything. We don't agree on national politics, but you're dead on
5: on this. Let's just very briefly, what five years ago, fentanyl and heroin and methamphetamine were were, possession of them were felonies. Now, nobody went to prison. They haven't gone to prison in Oregon for 30 years. They faced the possibility of doing as much as 10 whole days in jail, but they had an out. They could go to drug court. This all vanished when uh, in 2020 when measure 110 came through it was planned it wasn't just supported by the drug policy alliance which is a fully owned soros operation it was sponsored by them it was calculated oregon was going to be their little test market and they planned great things and they conned an enormous number of people in oregon 58 percent of people voted for it now Polls say 64% now want to repeal. But you're right. The Democratic legislature, my party, or the party I used to belong to a lot. party of slavery since
0: 1829. Yep, that one.
5: Well, they've done some bad things. That's no question about it. And they're doing a bad thing now because what they're doing is is putting lipstick on a pig, quite literally. They're saying, ooh, we're going to make this. A C misdemeanor or a B misdemeanor, it really doesn't matter. What these degrees mean and what they were originally written up in 1971, they're a way of communicating to the courts, to police, to DAs, how seriously to take something. And when you say something as a C or B misdemeanor, what you're saying is, this is no more important than bending over, a, you know, a, 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 a car antenna or maybe kicking dirt in somebody's face, which can be a class B harassment. You, you know, and most of us have addicts who have been in our lives and our families, and we know it takes a lot to get somebody off addiction. And you can't do it, as you pointed out, by saying, oh, don't worry, this will be painless. There'll be no fines, no cost, no jail, no record, all of which you know, this, you know, self erasing, you know, it's, it's all nonsense. The one thing the legislature could do that would be really simple and straightforward and, and presumably they could agree to it is they could simply put it on the ballot for November of this year and let voters decide whether to repeal it or not and let the previous law come into effect. But you're right, they won't do that.
0: Well, and, and, and here's the other problem, is that with all that yah ya we heard from the Democrats saying, why the Republicans have walked out, they're not doing their job. Well, I could say the same thing to the Democrats today. Your job is to address the most serious problems in the state. You are in session right now. The most serious, one of the most serious problems that's taken almost 1,300 lives last year and is on track to take an equal number of lives this year is fentanyl. What are you going to do on that? And they say, well, we're going to, you know, throw this thing in. With the explicit promise in that press release that I got a copy of, the one they didn't send out Friday night, they emphasized no fines, no fees, no jail whatsoever for anybody arrested for drugs. Well, if you go to the addicts and say, hey, uh, we're going to charge you with this B or C uh, misdemeanor, we'd like you to go into treatment instead. And if the addict says, or what? Will I be fined? No. Will I be jailed? No. Will I get a serious record going forward? No. And you know what the addict's going to say. He's going to say, yeah, theoretically I'd no. like to quit fentanyl, but I'm not going into treatment. I want to get high. Do you know where I can find some fentanyl? And and that's what's going to happen. And they're condemning an awful lot of people to death, plus all the other effects that d- drug addiction at this level is having. Whether it's abusive children, broken families, uh, bad, you know, people engaging in crime to feed their habit, people bringing in pounds or even tons of drugs into the Northwest. Well, all of that is that, going to happen.
5: The, the, the financial devastation that's happening to Portland. We have, They've got, what, 80% vacancy rate and the you know, and the Prestige address is downtown? Yep. I mean, you know, it's going to get worse. It's not going to get better.
0: And so... Uh, the idea of just saying pushing it off to the voters saying why don't you act on this in November it won't take effect till 2025 um, I don't think is good enough they're in session now there should be a demand. Do something about this now. And this halfway measure... Yeah, but they won't. So the, the alternative would be just to... Re- if they don't have the guts to repeal it,
5: which I don't think they do, and I don't think the Democratic Party, all of whose leaders took big contributions last, last uh, political season from the drug policy alliance, they don't want to do anything. So the only other thing that people can do in Oregon is just say, fine, we are going to repeal this law, and at least let's bring us back to where we were. I would go 2017. for that. But you right? know the
0: legislature is not going to give that to the people because they've seen the polls too. Last thing, you got a hold of a set of instructions sent out by the Association of Oregon Counties saying, "What is it we're going yes. to promise? Make it simple." What are they saying? We need to promise what? Well, we need to promise to make sure that, um, that 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 there's
5: no fines, that there's basically no record. Exactly what you said. These are, and it's essentially going to be a financial. Threat That the com- counties are communicating to the DAs and sheriffs who have to actually enforce this saying, we want you to go along with this unclassified misdemeanor that has, as you say, really no consequences. And, and, and presumably, if you don't play along, you won't be funded.
0: No, and in fact, they're offering a bribe. You're a retired DA, so I don't think this would affect you. But they're saying to the DAs, we want to put you in the same retirement category as firefighters and cops, and we want to let you retire from your job at age 50 as though you'd been out on the street with a bulletproof vest dealing with criminals all day long they're offering a bribe to oregon's da's to go along that's josh Marti, former da coming up in a moment a report about the secret intelligence bases in ukraine that the united states has been running for the last decade and the implications of that and the war in ukraine we'll be back in a moment you've got the lars larson show I'm on the phone today with David Moore from IRA Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about self-directed IRAs. But how do you explain them to your customers?
1: Well, Lars, through our working careers, we accumulate savings in our 401k flats. So rather than just rolling those funds over when you leave your job, you may want to think about setting up a truly self-directed IRA. With a self-directed IRA, your retirement portfolio can include real estate, precious metals, cryptocurrency, notes, loans, and even a new business startup. So with a
0: self-directed IRA, you're not limited to equities like
1: stocks and bonds? Exactly. There are so many more options that you can consider for your retirement portfolio.
2: Would you like to learn more about self-directed IRAs? Then go to IRAadvantage.com, view the videos, and then let the self-directed IRA professionals at IRA Advantage set up a self-directed IRA for you. Your retirement, your way. Visit the professionals today at IRAadvantage.com.
3: Ronald Reagan knew better. Do you? All of it began the first time some of you who know better and are old enough to know better let young people think that they had the right to choose the laws they would obey as long as they were doing it in the name of social protest. This is the Lars Larson Show.
0: Welcome back to the program. It's a pleasure to be with you. And I'll get to your phone calls here in a moment. But I got to tell you about a story that I thought was going to get a lot more attention over this past weekend. And, of course, it came from one of the most prominent Democrat-beloved media institutions in America, and that would be the New York Times. So if you're inclined to attack me because you say, where the heck did you get all that crazy stuff, Lars? I say, well, the New York Times. Isn't that the Democrats' daily Bible? But here's what they came out with, and it actually fits. It makes sense with what some of us think is the reason there is a war in Ukraine. Okay, I'll get to that in just a moment. But the New York Times says that about a decade ago, under Barack Hussein Obama, the administration of Obama and Biden, that secret intelligence bases were set up in Ukraine, and they've been there for the last decade. You say, well, hold on a second. Why do we have secret intelligence bases in Ukraine? Now, even somebody who hasn't seen the map recently would say, well, Lars, Ukraine is right next to Russia. It's a great place to keep an eye on Russia. And if you think, well, hold on a second. The New York Times is reporting this. So I have a feeling either the folks who knew this information for the last decade and never made it public decided we'd better make it public now. Or they knew that somebody else was working on the story and that it was going to be made public. But let me remind you of what happened about a decade ago in Ukraine that was a game changer for that country. So Ukraine has been kind of a pinball or a tennis ball between the West, meaning the United States and Western Europe, and Russia for a long, long time. And each of the two sides would like to have Ukraine be more friendly to them. So you'd have somebody who is pro Russia in the presidency and other important spots in that government, and then you'd have people who were pro-West. Well, what happened in 2014? There was something called the Maidan Revolution. Now, if you listen to liberals talk about the Maidan Revolution, they say, oh, yeah, that was when the Ukrainian people rose up and they decided that they didn't like their current leadership and they got rid of their current leadership. Well, their leadership at the time was a pro-Russian president. And he had been actually talking to both sides. He was talking to both the European Union and he was talking to Russia. And I think he was actually trying to get the best deal for Ukraine. But in theory, the people of that country did what the people of the United States did with Great Britain. We said, we don't want a king anymore. And they kicked him out and declared their freedom. What actually happened was the Obama administration engineered the Maidan Revolution. If you don't believe me, there are plenty of articles about this. It's M-A-I-D-A-N, Maidan Revolution. And if you watch uh, Oliver Stone's movie called Ukraine on Fire, it's all about the Maidan Revolution. So what happened? Well, uh, Victoria Newland, who worked for uh, Barack Obama at the State Department, she's actually been in the government for the last 20, 25 years, she helped engineer all of this. And if you say, well, hold on, does that mean we were messing In their elections, we were messing in their government. We were trying to determine which direction Ukraine would point. Instead of having a neutral country between Western Europe and Russia in the form of Ukraine, we were trying to get them to take a side. And you say, yeah, that's exactly what Obama was doing, and it's what he did. They successfully bounced out the former president who actually had to flee for his life to Russia because there were people trying to assassinate him. You say, well, Lars, can you back all this up? Yes, I can. Right after the Maidan Revolution, the Obama administration, uh, they they put down 12 different intelligence bases in Ukraine. Now, they used the excuse, they said, we're just trying to bring the Ukrainian intelligence apparatus up to the uh, uh, 21st century. Well, what they did was they said, this is a great place to keep an eye on Russia. Now, what is one of Vladimir Putin's biggest concerns? And I know I'm going to get nasty emails from a lot of people on this. Look, I'm not on Putin's side. I'm on America's side. Do I want America to be strong? Yes. Do I want foreign countries messing in our elections or our leadership? No. I object almost on a daily basis to the fact that Joe Biden is bought and, and bought and owned by the folks in, in Beijing, China. Yeah, We're owned by a foreign country, and that's China. They own Joe Biden and his Biden crime family. Do I want us engineering other people's elections? No. And, in fact, you're you're going to hear Democrats, they're already starting to do it, say Russia is trying to affect the election in favor of Trump, even though they tried that once before and it turned out to be a big, fat lie from Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, the CIA, the FBI, and all the major media who went along with the lie for literally years. And they say it's just evil when a foreign country messes about your elections. Except this is what we were doing. We engineered under obama we engineered the ouster of the old president and you say well didn't they have a vote in their congress their parliament yes they did did they get enough votes to get rid of the old president no they didn't they fell short well then he didn't leave oh no he ended up leaving they kicked him out anyway they said it doesn't matter that we didn't get enough votes to get him out he's gone and they got rid of him. And then the U.S. put 12 secret bases along the Russian border. And you say, well, that's crazy tinfoil hat stuff, Lars. No, it's actually straight out of the New York Times, which does do tinfoil hat from time to time. But in this case, they're just saying we have had intelligence bases in Ukraine and biolabs. I've talked about that as well. Um, but you say, well, why is Putin worried about Ukraine? Oh, I don't know, because the United States has established secret intelligence bases to monitor his country. And here's the best comparison I could come up with. Say, what happens if someday China does Mexico or Canada enough favors? And, you know, they, they're doing this in other parts of the world. They come in with their Belt Road Initiative, and they say, Hey, how would you like some new ports or maybe new highways or new infrastructure? We can make all that happen. You just have to do us a few favors. What would the United States say if Russia befriended Mexico and one day we find out there are a dozen Russian intelligence bases located on the south side of the U.S.-Mexico border keeping an eye on what's going on on the north side of the U.S.-Mexico border? They'd say, we wouldn't tolerate that any more than we tolerated Soviet missiles in Cuba. Really? So if you're Putin and you look at Ukraine, where... The Russia-friendly president has been kicked out. We've installed a Western-friendly EU and America-friendly president instead. And then you've set up secret intelligence bases in Ukraine as though you're going to be there for a long, long time and you're going to keep an eye on Russia. Would you take that as a provocative move? If uh, Justin Trudeau, that communist from Canada, if he all of a sudden said, hey, China, we like you pretty well, what would you like to put in our country? And they said, well... We'd like to put a few intelligence bases on America's northern border, in Canada, of course, and you'll let us do it. Can you imagine how the United States would react to that? I have a feeling we might have a reaction that would be very Putin esque, if you will. Anyway, this is brand new. Sunday, the New York Times publishing a gigantic story about how U.S. intelligence has been in Ukraine for the last decade, looking at Russia, monitoring Russia with our friends, the Ukrainians, and their Nazi friends like the Azov Battalion, things like that. But nothing to see here, folks. Can you imagine why this big New York Times story is not getting a whole bunch of attention from everybody else in the media? Because it doesn't fit the Biden narrative. Back in a moment. Glad to get your calls. 866-439-5277. Send your emails to talk at LarsLarsen.com. The Lars Larson Show. Portland
2: It's SpillYourGuts.org
3: Elon Musk sums up America's government. And what I see all over the place is people who care about looking good while doing evil. This is the Lars Larson well, Show. Welcome back
0: to the Lars Larson Show. It's a pleasure to be with you. And as you might imagine, I care a lot about free speech rights, uh, in part at least, uh, because of what I do for a living. But even if I weren't doing this for a living, uh, being a talk show host and giving my opinion, I'd still care about keeping my free speech rights. I also understand that Private institutions are different than government institutions. And if you work for a private company like a newspaper, a TV station, or a radio station, uh, you can decide what goes on the air and what does not go on the air. That's because all of those I just mentioned are publishers. But when it comes to social media, they're a different animal. They're called social media uh platforms. And they get a special kind of protection that is granted by the government that makes them immune from certain kinds of lawsuits, not all lawsuits, but certain kinds of lawsuits. Well, the U.S. Supreme Court is hearing arguments today about a case that may change that because of some laws in Florida and Texas. And I invited Jessica Malusion on with the Competitive Enterprise Institute to talk about this. Jessica, welcome back.
9: Thank you very much.
0: What are we expecting? Well, I want you to frame it as well, because I'm not going to tell you what to say, but but, put words in your mouth. I hate it when people do that to me. But what's at stake here in this Supreme Court case involving net choice and Gonzalez versus Google?
9: Well, today's case that we heard was about um, a couple laws, one from Florida and um, one from Texas. And those laws aren't exactly the same, but they're the same enough um, that the court decided to hear challenges to them on the same day. So we had back-to-back oral arguments, a lot of Supreme Courting, um, a lot of reasons to be glad you didn't have to uh, get grilled by the Supreme Court today, I can assure <laughs> everyone. Um, they, they gave both sides a little bit of hell, and um, it was fun for those of us who follow these issues, um, but I, I wouldn't want to be on the other side of that. So um, what, what these laws, and you hit on it, right? Um, the question really before the court is, is, is this. Um, what happens with First Amendment protections when we're talking about private companies? Right. So um, Florida and Texas had really, you know, they kind of had enough of some of the deplatforming, what they felt was the biased decisions about that. And they said, um, you know, you're so big or you're so influential that we've decided you've, you've somehow sort of crossed the line um, from being a private company and into, in Texas's case, saying um, you're a common carrier. Common so carrier. We see common carriers. Yeah, we see common carriers in in things like uh, railroad shipping freight, um, and even Trucking. in telecommunications. Um, yeah. Right, right, right. So, um, you know, they've they've kind of said, listen, for all intents and purposes, these social media platforms have kind of become common carriers. And therefore, we say they are not allowed to deny anyone um, access to their platforms. Florida is a little different. Um, They've kind of gone about it in a different way. And they say that, you know, what's been happening um, is viewpoint discrimination. And and they don't want any of that. So the question the court has to ask um, is, is this a violation of people's free speech on these platforms? Or, in fact, are these still private companies and they have a right to... Their free speech, and on the the flip side of free speech, of course, is um, a prohibition against compelled speech, meaning um, the government can't force you as a private entity or a private citizen to carry speech or say things that you don't mean. Um, So those people challenging the state laws are saying, "Hey, you're you know you might have these good intentions." with protecting speech of users, but you're forgetting that these platforms are still private companies and they have a right to say um, we don't want certain kinds of speech on our platform because we're trying to curate a certain environment here. And Well,
10: but
0: Jessica, can I offer, I want my audience to really understand, and this one is a a kind of a complicated issue, but since it's the common carrier issue is one of them, let me give you an example and you tell me if it fits. So you've got a phone company, which is a common carrier. And uh, Planned Parenthood walks in and says, hey, we're setting up a new Planned Parenthood to kill babies. We need phones. And the phone company says, yeah, we love Planned Parenthood. We love killing babies. We'll set you up with all phones you want. Then the Republican Party comes in, or a conservative group, or the NRA, and they say, hey, uh, we advocate for Second Amendment rights. We're a conservative group. We'd like some phones. And the phone company says, screw you. We hate you, uh, gun gun folks. Get out of our office. We're not giving you any phones. A common carrier is can't do that can they
9: but yeah that's right right now um phone companies are an example of something that is regulated as a common carrier um right now social media companies i mean this is sort of texas's attempt to put them in that category right right but there really hasn't been a law passed that says um they they are um and it's 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 nuanced like you were saying and i don't want to bore anyone but it's a little bit different it's more so the analogy the other side would use, and you're right, that is a common carrier situation. You can't deny access to people.
0: Because you, um, you don't the question, like their message. Right.
9: Right, 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 right. Exactly right. Um, the the analogy that the other side would talk to you about is a different case that involves um, a St. Patrick's Day parade in Boston many years ago. And uh, that came to the court, and they said, hey, you know, we're having this St. Patrick's Day parade, and we don't want to let these certain people have a float and participate in our parade. And in that case, the court said, well, yeah, because your parade is kind of speech, right? You're kind of communicating something, and you're allowed. Right, so what the question before the court is, is social media more like a parade or a newspaper editorial page where you wouldn't want the government saying, you have to run everyone's letter to the editor or you have to let every um, float in, right? Or is it more like a communication service? where we're just going to say everybody gets on and, and you're not allowed to exclude anyone. But, but, that, that's with, really the, the question before the court.
0: But with one difference, Jessica, and tell me if I'm wrong about this. When I broadcast this radio show, I'm responsible for everything. If somebody calls in and defames Jessica Malusion, says Jessica Malusion is a convicted mass murderer, and that's defamatory, that's it's awesome. you know, and it's untrue, and I let it go on the air, I get sued. If Facebook, Twitter or any of the rest, X, whatever, if they let something on, they're given protection saying, well, you can't be responsible for things that people say on Twitter because you've promised to be a platform open to all. And we understand there will be some things you won't let people post plans for nuclear bombs or recipes or rice and, and things like that. But we will let everybody else on. The minute they start to differentiate, say, well, we like all the Joe Biden stuff about what a great president he's been. We don't like all this Donald Trump nonsense. So we're going to lock that stuff out. Don't they go from being a platform open to all to being a publisher? And at that point, they lose their Section 230 protection, don't they?
9: Uh they don't. You're correct in, in you have very accurately identified a difference in the way that light So this isn't a free speech question. This is a liability question, right? right. You're liable. Right. A newspaper is liable, right? So, um, that, that is correct. The liability works in a way where, you know, you're kind of the filter, right? And you're being held responsible for that. Yep. The content that you let through the filter, exactly correct. And, and platforms do not. And so what you're talking about is a law from 1996, section 230. And uh, it was a bipartisan effort at the time, and these two congressmen, uh, Ron Wyden and Chris Cox, the Democrat and a Republican, got together and said, well, we know that traditional liability works like this, but we're kind of worried because this new Internet thing is coming along, and there's these uh, message boards. We didn't have social media platforms then. We had message boards. I don't know if anyone else is old oh, enough yeah. to remember, but trust me, we did. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, they were worried because some of these message boards were leaving up really offensive posts by people because they said, hey, you know, these message boards said, we know how liability works. And if we take stuff down, even though we'd kind of like to, because we'd like more people to want to spend time on our platform and they're offended by this, we'd like to take it down. But we know that that triggers publisher liability and we know if we act more like a common carrier you can't
0: do it exactly right jessica malusion jessica is with the competitive enterprise institute jessica i ran out of time there but thank you so much i appreciate it you're always great back in a moment i'll get to your phone calls and emails 866 hey lars send emails to talk at LarsLarson.com. I'm on the phone today with David Moore from IRA Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about self-directed IRAs, but how do you explain them to your customers?
1: Well, Lars, through our working careers, we accumulate savings in our 401k plans. So rather than just rolling those funds over when you leave your job, you may want to think about setting up a truly self-directed IRA. With a self-directed IRA, your retirement portfolio can include real estate, precious metals, cryptocurrency, notes, loans, and even a new business startup.
0: So with a self-directed IRA, you're not limited to equities like stocks
1: and bonds? Exactly. There are so many more options that you can consider for your retirement portfolio.
2: Would you like to learn more about self-directed IRAs? Then go to iraadvantage.com, view the videos, and then let the self-directed IRA professionals at IRA Advantage set up a self-directed IRA for you. Your retirement, your way. Visit the professionals today at IRAadvantage.com.
3: Truth be told, Lars has welcomed naysayers for 27 years, but occasionally... Who is this person who speaks to me as though I needed his advice? God! <laughs> This is The Lars Larson Show. Welcome
0: back to the program. Glad to be with you. Our poll today on X. Should business owners be punished for hiring security when Portland can't seem to keep stores safe? A 7-Eleven store is now being uh, sued by a family, family of a man who died. Because he was shot by a security guard. The problem is the security guard didn't have a license, as just about everything takes a license these days. And uh, he's now charged with second-degree murder. But now the store owner is being sued. I'd say no. I think at this point, uh, cities and counties, especially in the Northwest, are giving store owners almost no choice. Go out of business. Or try to get by with the kind of law enforcement that passes for law enforcement in the Pacific Northwest. Glad to have you vote in the poll on exits brought to you by Ultimate Truck Services. If you rely on trucks for business, Ultimate keeps your biggest assets on the road and running right. Find them at ultimatetruckservice.com. Let's go to Michael. Hey, Michael, you heard me talking about the New York Times and its report that for the last decade, the United States has been running a dozen secret intelligence gathering bases right on the Russian border, and uh, and I, I could imagine America's response to that. What's on your mind with with regard to that?
11: Yeah, hey Lars, uh, did you hear the Mike bands Tucker interview about a week ago? We regarding
0: that subject you, with Tucker and and, and uh, Vladimir Putin? Yeah. No,
11: no, no, right after that, Mike Benz. Uh, no,
0: I, I, I have not, and the audience probably hasn't either. So, Michael, if you're going to depend on uh, both me and the audience having heard some other interview to explain your point of view, we're yeah. not going to go anywhere, so go ahead. No, no, that's
11: fine. I was just going to say there's a lot of information there. So the uh, color revolutions that we throughout the Middle East, the CIA involvement at that, but a key piece I heard in your, or didn't hear in your thing was the Hillary Clinton State Department with Victoria Noland.
0: I, I mentioned Victoria Newland, and and she's a State right. Department lifer. She was right in the thick of it. We've played the soundbite of her saying, "F Europe, right. we're going to have the government in Ukraine that we want." And I've I've been making that case ever since the war began, and actually before the war began, that the United States was trying to manipulate Ukraine and did manipulate Ukraine and used it as right. an asset. Well. Michael, so, what what would we
11: make? Question, uh, real quick, what you left out is Hillary Clinton because she was whole plan of all of that with the CIA and everything was for her to win in 2016. Even Putin said if she had won, they would have gone to war then. With uh, the surprise of Trump coming in, that put them four years behind their plan. And so, well, because he actually they,
0: favored Putin, favored Hillary Clinton, and I remember getting these long arguments at the time, Michael, because people said Putin favors Trump, and I said why. And they said, well, you know, he just does because Trump's a big figure and so is Putin. I said, no. Hillary Clinton on paper was the choice for Vladimir Putin. Why? Hillary Clinton tried the Russian. That's not what you were talking
11: about? I was getting that really quick. No, I was getting to a final point here, real quick. Is that when Trump came in, the same group, CIA, state department and hillary clinton they did a soft coup here in the united states which we saw all throughout the presidency yes, when 2020 elections happened and biden came in we immediately they immediately pulled out of afghanistan and went to ukraine because they're four years behind schedule for a pre-planned event so that's all i'm trying to get to um, that's however. not a bad
0: theory it's not a bad theory at all um you know okay. because all I to say. no and 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 all i'm concerned with is have you noticed that most of the major media today aren't doing much of anything with what I thought well, from the Times? That,
11: what? That's, if anybody follows Project Mockingbird from the 1960s, and, all yep. of the mainstream media is And we've of talked that about that on the yeah. show as
0: well. Yeah, Michael, I appreciate the call. Thanks very, very much. Let's go to Ron. Hey, Ron, welcome to the Lars Larson Show. What's on your mind?
4: Lars, we've been we've known three years ago since the Undersecretary of Defense revealed that we had 49 of our 68 can of function research labs underneath Russia's belly. Yes, we, we did. not allow it during the Kenyan administration when they was over in Cuba. We're allowing China. You notice all, both countries that we're involved with, by the Democrat Party and some rhinos, whether it's McConnell with his wife, Miss Choi, uh, out of uh, with the shipbuilding and she lost her sister for some reason less a few months, few weeks ago. the point is China and the globalists within our country they've set, the people that represent they care about two things: they care about staying in power, yep. controlling us, limiting our rights and liberties, but the, China is using our own system against us, whether it 's with the fentanyl and drugs. Whether it's the, whether it's undermining buying up all our land, whether it's gathering intelligence illegally over our, over our sovereignty, and at the same time, buying off our politicians. Notice they don't, a Democrat party never mentioned when China's wrong. I go all the way back 35 years ago when I was in the Navy, after Tiananmen Square with Deng Xiaoping, where they killed all those protesters, young and old, from thirty-five down, in, in, even out there in the Kowloon side of Hong Kong, which we could allowed to go when the British was controlling it, the most important point that we need to be rebuking in this country is the policies of the censorship. Whether you know that's real facts—that's Chinese uh, influence thing. The illegal aliens that's coming across the border. Yep. What do you think Including they're going to, try a to lot do? Of Chinese, males, nationals. Chinese nationals. Chinese nationals—they're coming across the border or... They're, they're basically working from within our own country, destroying our neighborhoods. They're pushing through Black Lives Matter, this gender, L D X, Y, Z, all
0: our second graders and above. That, and, and let me throw uh, one you know, more in, Ron. China is funding an awful lot of the environmentalist greeny stuff that is pushing yes. us toward a China-based energy system and a China-based transportation system they they give money to our green groups the green groups push the energy the battery agenda the ev agenda and the and saying ignore all that energy that god gave you in oil and coal and natural gas and buy solar panels and windmills from the with me on the phone today is david moore with equity advantage david for more than 15 years i've been telling my listeners about 1031 exchanges but how do you explain it to customers
1: well, Lars, 1031 exchanges are over 100 years old at this point. They allow people to exchange out of one property into another, keeping their equity intact. For example, let's say you're in an apartment building and you'd like a larger one. You can sell the property, pay the tax, or you can do an exchange deferring all the capital gains tax. Is it complicated? It can be complicated, but the exchange can be as simple as selling one property and buying another using the professionals at equity advantage.
2: Would you like to learn more about 1031 Exchanges? Then go to 1031exchange.com. View the videos, and then let the 1031 Exchange professionals at Equity Advantage show you how it can work for you. You've worked hard for your money. Let Equity Advantage work hard to keep it yours. Visit 1031exchange.com. ladies and gentlemen. You
3: ready for the big In exactly 15 seconds, we'll be on the air. The Lars Larson Show.
4: Never apologize for being patriotic.
3: Honestly provocative talk with Lars Larson. I may be a whiteboard, but I'm not stupid. Broadcasting across the Pacific Northwest and covering Oregon, Washington, and Idaho on the Radio Northwest Network. Our beloved republic is in the hands of madmen. And now... Then we're going to kick the Biden crime family out of the White House. Here's your host... My memory is so bad, I let you speak. Lars Larson.
0: Welcome back to the Lars Larson Show. It's a pleasure to be with you, and I'm always glad to get to your calls. You know when americans need health care the private sector is very capable of supplying it now is the system screwed up yeah it is but it's mostly screwed up by the government whether you know it or not at least in the states of oregon and washington there is a dirty little secret called certificate of need and what certificate of need uh, does is let's say you had a hospital uh or any other kind of medical institution and the hospital folks say hey We need a whole lot more of this or a whole lot less of that, whatever it is. Do you think the hospital could say, well, we'll just open up some more? Uh, It could be ICU. It could be all kinds of things. But then they have to have a certificate of need, which is where the government goes to all that hospital's competitors, even if they're private nonprofits like they so often are in the Northwest, and say, do you, you know, does Hospital B think that Hospital A should be a- able to add, say, to its maternity wing or add an MRI machine? Well, your competitors get a chance to veto that move. I think Certificate of Need, con, is a con job. And I suspect that Elizabeth Hovde does as well. She's a research analyst and director of the Center for Worker Rights and Healthcare at Washington Policy. Elizabeth, welcome back.
10: Hi Lars, thanks for highlighting this unhelpful, harmful regulation in our healthcare system. You explained it well.
0: Thank you. It's kind of wonky. But but I, I you know, even during the pandemic you'd think there'd have been more written on it when people said, Well If that hospital needs all, you know, needs more beds or more ICU or more, a bigger emergency room or whatever, they're practically empty because they canceled most of the elective surgeries. Why don't they just add some capacity? And the answer is because they can't. The government says we and your competitors will decide whether or not you are allowed to add anything. And we saw it play out that you're in Washington, but in Oregon, we saw it play out when a hospital said, hey, our maternity wing or our maternity department is severely underutilized. We're going to close it down. And all of a sudden, the state of Oregon came in and said, no, you're not allowed to stop doing it. And and I, I think it's crazy and it does not. Add, I don't think it in any way adds to the quality of health care in the Pacific Northwest. So is there any effort to try and get rid of this whole uh, process?
10: You know, there's some small effort, you know, con requirements, you're right. They are not doing what they were created to do. They were created to help control increases in health care costs and over saturation of services, but they're not doing that. States with certificate of need laws have higher health care costs and fewer medical services per capita. We should be getting rid of them like a dozen other states have done and the federal government, um, but... There are two bills moving in the state legislature in Washington right now. House Bill 2128, which would create a task force to look at the con program and hopefully modernize it. And Senate Bill 5920, which would continue to temporarily remove con from psychiatric hospitals. But, you know, it's interesting. That bill started as a repeal of the con requirement on psychiatric beds altogether, but it got watered down. Uh, The Department of Health showed up and talked about how it needs just be a continuation of the exemption, not actually remove the exemption. So it's, it's, it's it's it's. not good that we can't just look at the overwhelming body of evidence that is out there that shows con requirements or a policy failure and get rid of them
0: well and and what seems crazy to me elizabeth help help me out with this if you have more of anything in an economy It generally costs less. I mean, whether it's housing, food, you go to buy apples in Yakima at harvest time. You got so many apples, you can't, you know, you couldn't shake a stick at them all. And you say, well, what happens to the prices? They go down. What about apples in January? Nah, more expensive. Why? There aren't as many available. Uh, They cost more to get here. I mean, who ever thought that if, if the government had command and control and could limit the supply of something, that limiting the supply of anything would lead to lower costs?
10: Yeah, it's bizarre. It doesn't work in other places in our economy. And for some reason, we just think healthcare care is off limits to the natural uh, way markets work. They don't. We need free market in healthcare. care. We don't have it. And that's part of the problem we're having with cost containment. You know, in this situation about the psychiatric services, um, even when we need more, a treatment advocacy center study showed that Washington had just 13.3 beds per 100,000 people in 2023. We're supposed to have a minimum standard of 50, experts say. And even when you've got these need cases, it's hard to get rid of con law. It makes
0: no sense. Well, and in fact, Elizabeth, tell me this. If, if this isn't a misunderstanding, let's say you need treatment beds in the tri-cities of Washington State. And you say, we've got a company that wants to come in and put 100 new uh, treatment beds uh, for that particular area of medicine. And they go around and they ask all the other people who are running operations providing the same service. And they say, do you want some more competition? Meaning some of your patients will go to the new guy or new gal instead of you. And what do you expect them to say? They're going to say, no, 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 we're doing just fine. Tell them to stay away. Why would any Absolutely. other healthcare institution say, "Yeah, we'd love to have some more competition"? So we lose some of our patients, and instead of making ten grand a month or whatever they make for a bed for a month for somebody in, say, drug treatment, we'll let that go to our competition instead. They're never going to say yes, are they?
10: Yeah. No. Can you imagine going to the the state requiring you to walk up to McDonald's and and ask them if it's okay for you to open a burger joint nearby? <laughs> It's just ridiculous. Well, it it is.
0: Sorry, go ahead. I
10: was going to say the Institute for Justice reported that our state has 27 specific con requirements. And so not only uh, do you have to find them, it says the fee to apply for a certificate of need can range from $770 to $46,253. Just to apply? Yeah. Wow And it depends on the number, the size, et cetera. But you've got it just right. you know the application approval process is also influenced by current players in the healthcare market. It's harming access to services, and it's harming competition, the kind that brings about that could bring about more healthcare care cost containment.
0: You know, I, I remember driving down the freeway on i5 and seeing a billboard and said, "Need an MRI question mark?" we can do them for as low as 500 bucks and i thought well i know having been in the hospital with family members not me and having an mri is like three thousand bucks why because they can charge three grand and if it's after a car accident i could understand it but if you said hey my doctor says he thinks i need an mri of my knee and they say when do you think i to get that and they say well as soon as you can so you go out and you shop around you say well I could choose the $500 MRI, or I could choose the $3,000 one. What do you think the marketplace would tell me to do? And that's exactly what Kahn gets in the way of. Elizabeth Hovde he is the research analyst of the Washington Policy Center with the Center for Worker Rights and Healthcare. Elizabeth, it's always a pleasure back in a moment i want to get to you your phone calls and emails and we got to talk about the fact that we're going to see dueling appearances on the american mexico border by donald trump president and joe biden well at least he pretends to be president that's coming up next and you're listening to the radio northwest network I'm on the phone today with David Moore from IRA Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about self-directed IRAs. But how do you explain them to your customers?
1: Well, Lars, through our working careers, we accumulate savings in our 401k plans. So rather than just rolling those funds over when you leave your job, you may want to think about setting up a truly self-directed IRA. With a self-directed IRA, your retirement portfolio can include real estate, precious metals, cryptocurrency, notes, loans, and even a new business startup.
0: So with a self-directed IRA, you're not
1: limited to equities like stocks and bonds? Exactly. There are so many more options that you can consider for your retirement portfolio.
2: Would you like to learn more about self-directed IRAs? Then go to IRAadvantage.com, view the videos, and then let the self-directed IRA professionals at IRA Advantage set up a self-directed IRA for you. Your retirement, your way. Visit the professionals today at iraadvantage.com.
3: Sometimes the listeners say it best.
7: Hey Lars, love your show and I really appreciate what you do, boy. You cover more territory in an afternoon than a lonely dad in springtime.
3: Who's next? This is the Lars Larson Show.
12: The idea that Republicans, in order to win an election, say we need to hermetically seal the border when they know that that would be, that is economic self-sabotage to the US economy.
0: Now, that, of course, is Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, former bartender and now a member of Congress. And let's just say she won't be bringing chips and salsa to the Mensa picnic this year or just about any year in the future. Welcome back to the Lars Larson Show. I mean, she is about as dumb as a bag of hammers, but let me get into it. I got a couple of sound bites with her to share. First, if you want to join the best conversation and talk journalism, it's here every day at 866-HEY-LARS. That's 866 Four three nine five two seven seven. If you're a naysayer and you disagree with me, you're gonna go right to the head of the line at eight six six four three nine five two seven seven. Send your emails to talk at Vote in our poll on X, which used to be the Twitter poll. You can find that at Lars Larson Show. But listening to AOC saying, why you can't cut us off from these millions of illegal aliens because that would absolutely wreck the US economy you would kind of expect her to back up Joe Biden's massive illegal alien invasion of America. What is a bit stunning is that she's now using the argument last used by slave-owning Democrats 175 years ago. You can't take away my slaves. Wow, that would wreck our economy. But here, hear her repurposing it as a young lady of color seems really stunning. And the other piece to this, if you want to know if you might even tend to agree with her, Saying we need those illegal aliens. We don't need 10 million of them. I can tell you that. Number one. Number two. What kind of prior to the prior to the pandemic? What kind of economy did America have in the years up to the under Donald Trump up to the pandemic? And the answer was we had a booming economy. We had record low levels of unemployment among black Americans, brown Americans, gay Americans, teenage Americans, female Americans, record low levels of unemployment. That means they were working because the opportunities were there. Now, she seems to think that when Donald Trump brought about one of the lowest levels of illegal entry to the country in American history, that somehow that crushed the economy. Well, it didn't happen during Donald Trump. But guess what's happening to the economy under joe biden something worse so why would that wreck the economy take a listen new aoc's other argument about why we should not shut down the massive invasion across our southern border
12: and to compensate for the negative effects we're gonna allow and throw people's kids into factories that is what they are doing in rolling back child labor laws while being as xenophobic and anti-immigrant as as they are and while ginning up this this false narrative about this being a crisis. And by the way, by then also preventing and blocking any legislation yeah. that would provide not just a path to citizenship, but a path to work papers, a path to allowing people who want to work be paired with american businesses who need people to work
0: i can tell you who you can get to work right now we have a labor force participation rate of about 62 percent that means 38 percent of the working age able-bodied population is not working a job we have plenty of people to work those jobs and that should be opportunity for america and instead she says well you can't block work permits Yes, we can. For people who came into the country illegally, yes, we can, and we should. Now, let me tell you what's coming up just two days from now, less than two days from now. Now, President Joe Biden and President Donald Trump are going to stage dueling visits to the U.S.-Mexico border on Thursday. They're going to be there the same day because Joe Biden has finally realized that he has to do something about this problem. He's been doing worse than nothing about the problem for the last three years. He's actually signed 94 executive orders that undid every one of Donald Trump's border policies. Why? Well, because, number one, he wanted to not do anything Donald Trump was doing. But, number two, he wanted to make sure this invasion of the illegals happened. Trump achieved the lowest level of illegal alien crossings in modern history, Biden has inflicted literally the highest level of illegal alien crossings in American history. So Biden is going to go to Brownsville, Texas, and he's going to meet with border patrol agents, probably a carefully screened group, because I know a lot of the border agents don't at all like Joe Biden and his policies toward the border. He's going to meet with law enforcement and local leaders. I'm sure they can probably scare up a sheriff or a police chief who's going to keep his mouth shut and not say what he actually believes. Meantime, where's Donald Trump going to go? He's going to go to Eagle Pass, Texas. Now, why? Because Eagle Pass, Texas is ground zero for the invasion of America. It's where just last week they found literally over a $100 million in illegal drugs attempted to be smuggled in through the regular border crossing, the legitimate one. And it's where we've seen thousands and thousands of people every single day that have been crossing illegally into America, and senators had signed off on this absolutely insane plan. They came up with this plan. Langford of uh, Oklahoma had come up with this plan to legalize the crossing of up to five thousand illegals a day. Now, that would that be better than ten thousand a day under Open Borders, Joe? Absolutely. But only in relative terms. 5,000 people a day is a crisis. And AOC claims this crisis is all mythology. It's just made up. But it didn't stop Slow Joe from mocking the idea that Donald Trump would oppose legalizing 5,000 illegal aliens a day coming into the country Joe Biden posted this or his campaign did this weekend. Take a listen.
5: Well, they allow 5,000 people a week, but a lot of people took it as 5,000 people a day. It made it much better for the opposing side. You know,
0: he just admitted it. He sabotaged our bipartisan deal, bipartisan deal to secure the border because it made it much better for the opposing side. You know who the opposing side is? In this case, it's America. Donald Trump roots against America every chance he gets he's only in this for himself you know this is such severe gaslighting i've got to explain this biden says trump opposes the plan because it's bad for the other side and then joe biden defines that other side as all of america well the other side has signed off on 10 million illegal aliens invading America in the last three years. Those invaders have been given thousands of dollars each when they arrive. They're put up in nice housing, they're fed, they're provided medical care and transportation paid for by the American taxpayer. I'd like you to introduce me to this American that Joe Biden seems to think exists who says, yeah, that's great. Let people break our laws. Give them a free plane ticket anywhere they want to go. Give them a nice hotel room. Give them some walking around money. Give them medical care. Give them all those things I'm happy to pay. Now, if Joe Biden thinks that Americans like his plan so much, why is it that on the issue of the border, Joe Biden's approval ratings are in the mid-20s? Joe Biden has failed on the border. He knows he's failed on the border. And Thursday, Joe Biden, who's been a senator for decades he was vice president he's now president joe biden is going to make his second visit in his entire life to the southern border of the united states where there's been a crisis going on for three years and the president has avoided the place like the plague he's only been there this will be the second time is in in his entire political career think on that for a moment you're listening to the lars larson show the lars larson show sleepy joe was on jeopardy this man also known as the worst president in united states history loves ice cream lounging on beaches and sniffing children
3: joe uh who is me wait where am i this is the lars larson show
0: welcome back to the lars larson show are you gonna hold it against me if i say that the u.s supreme court is a bunch of underworked lazy people who dodge the really big important decisions that the country ought to have made well I'll put that to Ben Weingarten, who's editor of Real Clear Investigations. He writes for a bunch of other outlets as well, including the uh, Benjamin Weingarten Substack. Ben, welcome back to the program. Lars, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. Thank you, sir. I I don't see that the Supreme Court is overworked by any stretch, so I fail to understand why they would avoid this case. Uh, T.J. High, which is Thomas Jefferson High in the Commonwealth of Virginia, versus Fairfax County School Board, Because this one seemed to be the perfect case to take up, not because I agree with one side or the other. I do have a side in there. But it had all of the right elements and none of the other complications that make for bad Supreme Court decisions. So why did they dodge it?
6: Well, as you noted, this is a critical case, and the American people should be demanding clarity, quite frankly, on to what extent race-based preferences or proxies for race-based preferences ought to be accepted in everything from public schools to workplaces and beyond. And the Supreme Court anticipated that a case just like this, to your point, would ultimately come before it when they delivered their opinion in that SFFA v. Harvard case last year, which essentially did away with affirmative action in higher education. And the justices said, and Chief Justice Roberts said, in the majority opinion that basically to the schools, you shouldn't try to find workarounds, clever workarounds for imposing affirmative action by another name, whether in essays or otherwise, that allow you to continue discriminating on the basis of race without explicitly doing it through quotas, et cetera. And in this case, like you said, this was an elite, well-regarded, hyper-competitive magnet school in Fairfax County, Virginia what happens in the throes of the George Floyd fervor, the anti-cultural revolution in 2020, the school board associated with TJ School says essentially we need better representation of Fairfax County, the quote unquote equity agenda. People need to be represented based upon uh, their non-tangible attributes in schools, (laughs) including by their race and socioeconomic measures and they try to impose it de facto through getting rid of essentially a series of standardized tests and replacing it with a whole slew of quote-unquote soft factors, including factors that have nothing to do with students' academic achievement or or their rigor, intellectual capacity. And what you see is before this program is instituted, admissions are overwhelmingly, offers are overwhelmingly going to Asian students up to 75% in most classes. What happens after they impose this policy? falls to 54% in the first class the year after. So that looks like a slam-dunk case. The district court says this was discrimination by another name and strikes down the admission standards based on the same logic the court, Supreme Court used in that Harvard case. But an appeals court overturns that ruling and the Supreme Court. Only two justices dissent when the Supreme Court says we're not going to take up this case. So the judges have not really explained what the rationale was for not taking it up. The most optimistic potential read that we could have of why they wouldn't hear this case would be that there are some other cases percolating that are even stronger than this one. But I remain pessimistic, and I think the American people ought to as well, because time and again we've seen the Supreme Court try to take the middle route or try to slowly build up its precedent to get to what is ultimately the right answer. And when it comes to race-based preferences, really – systemic discrimination baked into our system directly or by proxy, that's something the court should want to overturn, that kind of injustice, every single time it potentially can. And here, unfortunately, only two justices dissented, and they're the only, in my view, consistently reliable justices on most issues, and that's Justices Thomas and Alito.
0: I'm talking to Ben Weingarten. You can find his substack, and you also find him as editor of Real Clear Investigations, because Ben... I think about the real damage that is done to real kids because you've got a kid, a smart kid who's hit the books, maybe he was encouraged by parents, maybe he did it on his own. He's he aces the test and says, Okay, I'm in at TJ High, and he knows if he gets a high school diploma from TJ, you know, it opens up all kinds of opportunities. And then they say, Sorry, too many Asians, uh, you're you're not going to get in. We're gonna put we're gonna leave your spot for less academically well qualified white, black, brown, whatever color, uh, students. And it, it's got to send a bizarre message to Americans to say, you mean you kept the smart kids out and you left their slots for people who didn't do as well on the test? Who could have? I mean, I I refuse to believe, Ben, that any kid of any color can't do well on those tests if they apply that kind of a, a, a work ethic and an inclination. I want to do well on the test. Okay, study hard. You know, practice taking the test. When you're when you're ready, go. If you get the best scores, you're getting in. Unless, in this case, the Supreme Court says it's okay to lock a bunch of the Asian kids out because we've got too many of them in the school. That sh- that should be something that that maybe was said in the 30s, 40s, or 50s. Certainly, cert- certainly shouldn't be true
6: in 2024. Wholeheartedly agree. There are real victims to these policies you know, conservative scholars and even non-conservative intellectuals for decades have talked about how race-based preferences ultimately end up harming both the purported beneficiaries as well as the actual victims of it. And here, I think Justice Alito, in his dissent, which was only signed by Justice Thomas, he, he laid it out very starkly and clearly. What the Fourth Circuit majority held, and that was the appeals court that ended up overturning the district court's decision to strike down this policy. What the Fourth Circuit majority held in essence is that intentional racial discrimination is constitutional so long as it is not too severe. And the only dissenting judge in the Fourth Circuit, Judge Allison Jones-Rushing, she said that under the majority's approach, if a new law cut a racial group success rate from 90% to 30%, but the legislator was open about its discriminatory purpose, it's okay as long as no other racial group Succeeded at a higher rate. So it just has everything so perverse. There are certain levels of discrimination that are okay. There are other levels of discrimination that aren't. Discrimination that's explicit, not okay, but discrimination by proxy is okay. That, that, that lack of clarity alone should have screamed out for the court to step in here, in particular because the appeals court itself had a split ruling. Each judge had their own rationale for coming to the decision that they did. So It's bad for the rule of law. It's bad for those who are discriminated against on both sides. And ultimately, what we have and what we're seeing across all of our institutions is you don't have excellence in institutions. And when you don't inculcate excellence and when you don't demand achievement ultimately and greatness, you're going to have institutions in decline and a nation in decline ultimately. And that is the consequence of these sorts of policies Well,
0: and thing about this Ben, I never I, I got a decent sat score but it wasn't stratospheric but all the folks I know who got the really big scores they're all comparing notes oh yeah I got a 1400 I got a whatever the number was you know because they compare their their box score basically can you imagine being in that school saying you know meeting somebody new and say oh you're a new student here how'd you get in what kinda of score did you get oh I got 900 on the saturday i got eleven hundred and you say "Hmm, that's kind of funny because everybody else here is getting a twelve or thirteen hundred how do you get in it's gonna work against that kid young man or woman who's gonna have people around them realize You got in because you were given an advantage over kids who are better at the book work than you were. And and I can't imagine even kids. I mean, it would be like trying out for the football team saying, can't run the 100 yards very fast, can't throw a ball to save my life, but I'm the right color, so I got on the team. I don't think that's going to go over well with anybody, and it's going to work against the young man or woman who's given this so-called advantage of being let in for their skin color instead of being let in because they're smart. Ben Weingarten, you can find him on Substack and at Real Clear Investigations. You're listening to The Lars Larson Show and the Radio Northwest Network. With me on the phone today is David Moore with Equity Advantage. David, for more than 15 years, I've been telling my listeners about 1031 exchanges. But how do you explain it to customers?
1: Well, Lars, 1031 exchanges are over 100 years old at this point. They allow people to exchange out of one property into another, keeping their equity intact. For example, let's say you own an apartment building and you'd like a larger one. You can sell the property, pay the tax, or you can do an exchange deferring all the capital gains tax. Is it complicated? It can be complicated, but the exchange can be as simple as selling one property and buying another using the professionals at Equity Advantage.
2: Would you like to learn more about 1031 Exchanges? Then go to 1031Exchange.com, view the videos, and then let the 1031 Exchange professionals at Equity Advantage show you how it can work for you. You've worked hard for your money. Let Equity Advantage work hard to keep it yours visit 1031exchange.com.
3: New plan of action. Just mug all the Dems.
5: I got job like five weeks ago walking home in New York City. When I woke up, I genuinely felt
3: like a different person. Because I was on the floor, I was bleeding, I was concussed, and I was 100% Republican. This is the Lars Larson Show.
0: Welcome back to the program. It's a pleasure to be with you. This segment of the Radio Northwest Network is brought to you by the home power generating folks at ProTech Power. Make sure your loved ones are safe. When the power goes out, and as you know, it does, and it's likely to more often in the future, thanks to our current energy policies, call 541- own a gen that's five four one Ona gen should business owners be punished for hiring their own security when cities can't keep their stores safe that's the poll on x it's brought to you by ultimate truck services find them at ultimate truck oh,
7: our
0: first naysayer for the day and it is john the electrician hey john welcome to the program what do you and i disagree about
7: well, Lars, on most days, just about everything, but there's just not enough time in the week or on phone calls to get into any of them. But I, I listening to your your radio Cliff Note version of Russia-Ukraine, two thousand year old Russia-Ukraine history, because they they go way back. Uh, they're both Slavic peoples, but for you. Really, before I get into any of that, because there's the whole Holdemore... Which Hold, on, the, the, the the second, Hold on, stop for
0: a second, John. The first question I ask you is, as a naysayer, what do we disagree about? And you go into a dissertation like that. No. Tell me what we Lars, disagree about, John.
7: Lars, you go into monologues asking a question, so I'm leading to what I'm going to say. What I'm going to say is that what's most troubling is that you actually, you are defending Vladimir Putin against our own country's intelligence... We have a ballerina right now, not we. Russia has a ballerina who sent fifty dollars to a Ukrainian uh, uh, um, Ukrainian uh, nonprofit, and she's in prison in Vladimir Putin's Ukraine. So might do I you know that we put people in prison? Hold on, man. Hold
0: on, John. We put people in prison. For giving aid and comfort to terrorist organizations. Russia's laws are up to Russia. But I'd ask you this. I what I fault is the United Hold on. The United depend? States the United States put secret intelligence bases on Russia's border. Is that a legitimate thing for the United States to do?
7: Let me ask you let me put let me phrase it this way. <laughs> if we have intelligence people in Taiwan right now listening into China, should we pull them back because well, they Taiwan don't. is an ally, of course. And so is Ukraine in the sense that kind of they are being invaded by you, by uh, Russia. So see, there's always a pro and a con in a. Well, an but let me ask, West let me ask it always. to you
0: this way, John. I'll ask you and just just stop for a second. Would the, <laughs> if China decided to befriend Mexico and which is one of our allies. Sort I heard of,
7: that. I heard that okay. already. W- would we that. accept
0: that. that? Would we accept that?
7: Well, no. No. Right. no, no, of course not.
0: Should but- Russia accept the United States putting secret intelligence bases on its border?
7: Sure. I mean, they they don't they should. like
0: it, but so in other words, the the U.S. would be right to oppose Mexico allowing China to put intelligence bases on our border, but we're, we but Russia is not right to object to the same thing in their neck of the woods. I I,
7: I would like to drill into your your your. Uh, I'd like you to answer the question. Sycophantic, your sycophantic support of Vladimir Putin. I don't
0: support Tell Vladimir Putin. What I'm telling you is, and see, I knew this was. It was always going to degrade you. You're a Putin supporter. No, no I'm not. Degrading. What I'm what I'm Come saying on. is, the United States. No, people do. They send me emails, and you probably are one of them who say you're a Putin supporter. No, I'm not. But what I'm saying is, if Putin says, tell the me one West...
7: bad thing about Putin. Tell me if... one bad thing right now. Let's go in. No, no, you're
0: not going to challenge me, John. I get to challenge you. That's how it works. What I'm telling you is, if we would not accept a foreign nation like China putting intelligence bases along the northern Mexico border next to our country, we, we, we've we got a
7: country, Lars, whose country are you living in and supposed to be supporting?
0: This... I'm supporting the United States, and I think our involvement in Ukraine is wrong, and I've been saying it for two years. I've been asking a very simple question. What is the U.S.? national interest in shipping tens of billions of dollars to a notoriously corrupt country. And now we find out because we had secret bio labs there, because we had secret intelligence labs there, or intelligence stations there, because we were threatening Russia. And did we think that was going to work out well in the long term? It has not. In fact, we haven't even paid the penalty for blowing up the Nord Stream gas pipeline, which I guarantee you America was involved in. Go to pinball. Hey, pinball. Th- th- sorry about the long wait. What's on your mind?
11: Uh, no problem, Lars. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I solved an enigma. I believe I came to an epiphany over the weekend. Usually, is- I don't do anything on Mondays. All these females who want to be on male teams, all the male teams want to play with females. Go form your own transgender league. No tax dollars. If you're over eighteen. I won't boost it. I won't support it. I won't coach it. I won't bear in the stance, but I will not sign a petition saying you
0: can't do it. It doesn't solve the problem because then when the so-called transgender, the male pretending to be a woman, goes into an American university, most of them are public government institutions, and says, I want to play in your softball team. I want to play in your volleyball team. What answer do you give them?
11: Uh, no if they're male you play in the- it's like Right okay. now
0: that solves Back the problem and- whether they want to create a, so- a transgender softball league or volleyball league or whatever is is their business but what I- what we need to do first is say biological men can't compete against biological women end of story and right now our society has said we're not willing to do that appreciate the call pinball and john try better next time as a naysayer you got the lars larson show the lars larson show i'm on the phone today with david moore from ira advantage david for more than 15 years i've been telling my listeners about self-directed iras but how do you explain them to your customers
1: Well, Lars, through our working careers, we accumulate savings in our 401k plans. So rather than just rolling those funds over when you leave your job, you may want to think about setting up a truly self-directed IRA. With a self-directed IRA, your retirement portfolio can include real estate, precious metals, cryptocurrency, notes, loans, and even a new business startup.
0: So with a self-directed IRA,
1: you're not limited to equities like stocks and bonds? Exactly. There are so many more options that you can consider for your retirement portfolio.
2: Would you like to learn more about self-directed IRAs? Then go to IRAadvantage.com. View the videos and then let the self-directed IRA professionals at IRA Advantage set up a self-directed IRA for you. Your retirement, your way. Visit the professionals today at IRAadvantage.com.